Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of the show, and we want to congratulate Ian on the success of reaching 1 million downloads in less than a year. That's a really big deal. And we owe you all a big thanks for listening and sharing with your friends and family and making it all possible. And on that note as well, we'd like to give a shout out to a few of our Patreon supporters. Let me read a few of these names here. Eric Pace, Rachel Coleman, Erland Mowinkle, Casey and Sarah Barton, Denise Whitney, Andrea Peters, Joel Guptel, Rachel Emery, and Eugenie Taylor. Hey, all of your contributions are so greatly appreciated. Thank you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Typology Podcast. That's at T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Be sure and stay connected with us there so we can fill you in on what podcasts are about to drop, when Ian might be speaking somewhere close to you, plus other goodies along the way. All right, now what you've all been waiting for, part two of our panel of fours. Be sure and stick around to the end when Ian and our guest pull some guitars down from the studio walls here and spontaneously break into a Dylan tune. It's pretty unforgettable, really cool. So let's pick back up in part two of our panel of fours with our host, Ian Cron. When I'm teaching the Enneagram to large groups, I get to the end of it and I think to myself, golly, I made us sound like a bunch of really strange people who probably shouldn't be out in public too much uh, and who probably are such a bummer. But I don't personally experience fours that way. I, I mean, I love, there's a lot of love about fours and there's there's plenty i love about being one you know so tell people what's awesome about being a four like what should the universe appreciate about fours i mean are you are we always walking around with berets reading baudelaire and being completely (laughs) depressed or or are are we fun or what what's what is redeemable Mm -hmm. uh, about fours and also by the way reminding you just to say your name into the mic when you when you talk this is don um, Thank you for the FM voice. We appreciate yeah. that. Hi, this is Don. Uh, I would say that when my wife and I thought we were both fours, and uh, Ian was the one that said, so talk to me a little bit about this both fours thing. And we talked for a while, and then you you said, uh, well, let me read something to you. Tell me if this sounds right. And it was just like, what was that you just read? That is my wife. And it was a five. And I went home. You told me not to go tell her this right away. I did anyway. And, um, <laughs> but I said it gently, uh, uncharacteristically. No, you didn't. You kicked gently. the door in yeah, and you I said, said, oh, you my God, not you're not going to believe what I found out about you. <laughs> anyway. Um, Got your number. Yeah, yeah, literally. So, um, so, but she was, she was actually, I think I really did accomplish some measure of uh, nuance in this case. And she was open to it and it turned out to really be true. And then she said, so I think it was the next day. So if I'm a five and you're a four, does that bum me out? I was like, no, now I'm the only four in the family. So, um, and I will also say that I feel like I regularly cannot identify other fours because I just assume I'm the only one uh, is my suspicion about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the thing that's great is that it's the, Especially um, if if we're around when the bleep goes down, um, fours are really beneficial to be there. They're 
the default position is to to live through suffering internally. Mm-hmm. So when the suffering comes from from an external place, from some event, it, it's not a surprise in a way. And I think that we a lot of times can have uh, a, a presence and a calming factor and an ability to reassure people that the, all the crazy feelings they suddenly are in touch with are not un, uncommon and that they're okay, that f- feeling all these things is okay. So or empathy, comfort. right? There's that, that the and gift a, and of, a consoling presence. I think. Uh, right. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's that's true. I don't think anything surprises fours. Like like if you it, like, I always tell people you could come to my house and tell me like mm-hmm. some horrible fact about your life, mm-hmm. and I won't blink. I'll just be like, yeah, it happens. Right. Life is hard, <laughs> and you can just hang out here and let it be hard with me. I'm cool. I can I can do it. That's yeah, mm-hmm. without needing to fix you. But okay, so for you guys. Um, Megan, how does empathy work in your life? Like in your context, what that gift of empathy that yeah, fours have? I think two two ways. Uh, at work, it works uh, for me in that I'm really good at resolving interpersonal issues mm. and seeing beneath whatever the presenting problem is, mm. which happens all the time. Sometimes I feel like my work as a leader um, is sort of like counseling in disguise, you know, which I, I know is true for me as a leader when I've had other people do that for me, you know, that there's we bring our personal issues to work and very often those are the things that are in the way and so my ability to see beneath things and empathize helps me to guide my team and connect with them at a level that is kind of abnormal I think um, in a normal you know work context so that's Mm. huge at home I have four children as you know two of whom are my stepkids two are adopted from Uganda and my little guys have had a lot of trauma. And so that mm. has enabled me to step into their journey of healing in a way that's probably the most profound way that I've entered suffering mm. um, outside of my own um, personal story. And I think I just have a lot of capacity. You know, I just I just feel like I can really go get in it with them. Um, and I'm not afraid of their pain, you know, kind of. Uh, like what Don was saying, the ability to sit with people in suffering, in trauma, is a real gift. And in in my own life, that's been hugely helpful as a mother um, and as a leader of a company. Mm. Mm. Sandra, do you do you find? I mean, I know a bunch of your incredible songs. Um, do you find in your your music that one of the things that that happens is that your ability, natural ability as a four to, to empathize works itself out in your music. That people listening to your music would say, she gets it. Like she knows what it's like to be me. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, is that a, a goal that's maybe not, you know, you're not thinking of it, but it ends up being it? Yeah, maybe the goal is um, is depth in that. You know, what I would want is for it to feel... Like it has that richness and it has depth. And on on one hand, I don't, um, I think you mentioned earlier about four's ability to, um, like imagination, like mm. the fours have a capacity for imagination. So coupled with the, uh, the ability to be present. So to be so present where I feel like when I'm in a moment, it's the only thing I've ever felt. It's the only thing I'm ever going to feel. Right. So being so, in, so there's just like cavernous space in the moment, the present moment. And that can be a real liability sometimes, but it's a real gift in terms of friendship or 
sitting with somebody. It's also, um, I think as a, in whatever form of expression, I think it can be really a, also a gift just to be present. The downside would be that you can't, like, I don't plan ahead. I don't think about what's going to happen down the road. I'm just like, so in it right now. And when that moment passes, I'm so relieved, like, oh my gosh, the sun came out, mm. <laughs> you know? And, and yet I think being present and seeing that as a gift for, um, like for ourselves and for the people around us, I think it can be, um, something that leads. Mm. So. Yeah. So, um, Matthew, let me, let me ask you a question. We struggle in relationships we force, and, and maybe that's the, uh, such a hallmark feature for us is this, this abandonment and loss theme, which can get us into real trouble. Um, tell me a little bit about the four journey in relationships. Like even maybe mm. speak to people who are in relationship with force, like, you know, like, What's it like? And like, how do you survive? We're sorry. Yes. <laughs> Lots of therapy. Well, because yeah. more than any other number, this is where we're a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where we're a lot of work. Well, when well, you figured out my wife was a five, you said, I can think of one word to describe her. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because that's the one word intent. Force can be very intense and very like. Uh, but what does that mean? Intense? Well, like, I think emotionally intense. Uh, fours want to go into the into that emotional territory that's, uh, you know, below the surface right. and actually way below the surface oftentimes, you know. And I... Uh, uh, so I think fours want. I, I speak for myself. Like I've always, in any situation with a with a friend or even a new person, that I've I've, I've had to learn over the years how to temper this. And I, when I first moved here, I had a, a friend that was just like, "You you can't do small talk. Like what's you you got to learn how to do small talk." Like, and I learned. I did learn the value of being able to sort of exchange what feels like sort of just petty sort of everyday stuff that bores me to tears. Um, But, but I learned that you have to earn your, your, you have to learn your, earn your way in with people. And I, I'm, I used to be just like barged down the door and sort of like, you know, asking very, uh, you know, sort of, probably inappropriate questions about mm. just just uh, I didn't have a context for that. So I think fours have a tendency to want to dive deep very quickly. Mm-hmm. And um so I think uh whereas that's that can be good because the the the, the uh desire behind that is to to know another deeply and to know the parts that aren't just sort of the surface um the the sort of uh uh uh, personas that we mm. wear, you know, to kind of get, get and I, I would say I've always been obsessed with the shadowy parts. You know, I, I kind of, that's where I want to go to right away. Mm. I kind of, where's, where's the dark stuff? Okay, let's go there. I'm gravitate. I gravitate to it. And so I think in one way it can be, uh, it can be intense emotionally. And so I think for you know, I think in a healthy way to learn how to temper, um, that process of getting there. I don't, not that you don't get there, but I think too, the good things are, uh, you know, I, I, I think fours can be very imaginative and creative and, and, um, spontaneous and, um, um, and, ex- and can be very exciting, you know, um, I think in, in their creativity in, in a relationship. And I think, um, also in the same way of that empathy, you know, to be able to be a partner to somebody who can carry their, um, darker parts a little uh, with with some understanding mm. and empathy and grace, um, so I think there's there's value there. So when you do get to that 
that dark part, um, you know, you, there's there's some willingness and ability to sort of carry that and and sit with it and be in it, you know. So I think those are positive parts of of relationships with fours. One other person, high side of being a four. This is Megan talking. Um, we make things really beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if there were no fours, there would be so much less art and music and good food and maybe wine. I don't know. I really thought about that. Um, but, you know, we, we make the world rich and beautiful and deep and create, I think, places for people to be known and loved and feel safe and if that wasn't in the world, it would be sad. Mm. I also think we can be funny and we probably don't get credit for that sometimes. You know, I think that there's like a, uh, I don't know. I I don't know if it's, if it's like the high side or if it's just kind of the counterbalance to the darkness, but there's, there's some funny going on in some force, you know, like we were cracking tons of jokes before we started talking about being fours and then we (laughs) all got kind of melancholy. So what's interesting (laughs) is in in a way the dark space creates the natural climate in which Mm -hmm. irony emerges. And I think that's what I think about with humor. It's not just humor, ha ha ha. It's this sort of sense of irony, Mm -hmm. Uh, an angle on the world that others don't see. And then when you say it, they kind of, their eyes kind of bug open for a second. They go, oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like Mm. a deep connection because a real like, from the gut kind of laugh is mm-hmm. is something that co- it's costly mm-hmm. and how do you get to that point and i think that, that was not a word you use necessarily matthew but like not just the desire to go deep but to connect like right. such mm-hmm. an incredible desire to connect which can wear people out i think it can also be refreshing and other people i think don't always know what to do with it but it's it's uh I think that on the flip side of it, the humor, even in this room, it's like, this is like, it, it feels like it's that kind of laughter mm-hmm. when you're able I, to do I it. think about that line in uh, Pierce Pettis' song, You Move Me, mm-hmm. um, you go whistling in the dark, making light of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that mm-hmm. picture mm-hmm. of, of the, the, I think fours in the, in, the, in the positive sense are because they know that, that terrain really well. It can be navigated with some lightness, you know. There's yeah. less fear of it, and so I think in in a healthy way, mm-hmm. when when you're a healthier, you know, version of a four or whatever, um, you're able to sort of walk lightly in the dark, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I think with people too, I think that's the value we bring mm-hmm. in relationship is is the ability to go, oh no, I know this pretty well, yeah, yeah. and it's it's okay, like. Um, and I yeah. think that's that's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing to be able. I just I, for some reason I have this like a tour guide who's like yeah. knows this terrain of like that seems it's kind of scary and and unfamiliar and and you know but they know it so well and you're kind of walking with them and they're like no no this is good this just leads right around here and right. you know I think we can be sort of those tour guides through through mm-hmm. the darker terrains in a way that in a healthy way mm-hmm. can be really light. Mm. You know? Yeah, I remember saying to someone uh it's just depravity (laughs) and uh uh the other thing i would say is i think there's also the the, i think shame you know which is a core part of how fours relate to the world um what what you were talking about earlier ian about how um we're not easily shocked i think that there's a tendency to be really aware of the shame that other people feel and to want them not to have to contend with that yes and to to make yourself someone who can absorb it Mm. so that when they tell you their most shame thing that it's you know lack of uh reaction there's this kind of like yeah well that's, that's all you got yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and i mean it's like and like you say and, and and shame and also i think grief like the kind of and the kind of grief or or panic maybe that in, that comes from sadness or fear or 
um, even anger, the idea of like, well, they, that's okay. You're, you know, it's just anger. It's just sadness. It's just fear. And there's, there always has been and always will be plenty of that. And so we can be here in it together and it'll all work out all right. And I think that aspect when you were talking about what, what's good about fours and what's good in relationships about fours is their capacity to absorb the anxiety in a system when it comes to those kinds of things. But we also have to be careful because that's the key defense mechanism of fours, introjection. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> when they come into a room, if they pick up on any negative energy, anything dark in the space, they actually bring it somehow or another they see themselves as the ground zero of it like somehow or another mm. they just sort of go oh this must be my fault mm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. i've never met a four who doesn't say oh something went wrong in a relationship a hundred percent my fault oh geez so <laughs> for sure and also like if not that you're walking to a room with a bunch of strangers and you sense that energy you go what i do is internally rehearse till i get myself to a place where oh i'm familiar with that energy within me does that make sense? Sure. Like even we, I couldn't have been my fault, but but I'm like this, aren't I? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Sandra, going back to this relationship thing, um, this is that push pull dance. I mean, we idealize idealization is a huge thing for fours, right? So we see somebody and we idealize them, and we just. I mean, it's a love bomb. It's like, but kind of a needy love bomb, unlike the two, which is like, I got to meet your needs. It's more like, no, you're actually going to meet my needs. You're actually going to complete me. Oh my gosh, you're the ideal that I've been looking for my whole life. And then just as fast, we run away. You know what I mean? We run in, we run out. We run in, we run out. So in relationships, has that been a dynamic for you? Or I mean, it sure has been for me. In my marriage of 30 years, my wife would say, yes, you do that on a weekly basis. Yeah, right. you, yeah. you rush in, there's this intensity, and then you rush out, and you're critical and moody and broody. And you, I don't know, maybe I just answered the question of all the fours in the room. But yeah. is that, has that been a dynamic for you? <laughs> Well, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) fours laughing about their own junk. Yeah, where's the exit? (laughs) (laughs) There's no exit. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't know. You'll still be with yourself when you go out the door. Yeah, wherever you go, that's that's where you'll be. Oh man, I it's probably um, I've experienced such such um, growth in the last four or five years. in community, like in being in close relationship with a lot of different friends. And, um, and I think in that I've, I've recognized it like, like with a good friend who's a six, um, she was telling me, um, she was actually Leslie that was on you on this same conversation. She was just telling me, you know, when a, like, so when a six withdraws, they don't, they're not going anywhere. Right. But they're withdrawing in a way that's like, I need to figure something out. But when a four feels that it's like, oh, well that must be abandonment. So, mm. so I think for me, the struggle is to, that I don't know where that comes from, honestly. I mean, I can point to some things, but it is so early and so fundamental to who I am is to think like, if somebody withdraws or is not happy, it's not just people pleasing. It's like somewhere deep in there, there's something that, um, that I'm afraid I'm being left, mm. you know? And I think. And then do I, you run? Do you make a, do you, do you make a run for it when you feel um, it? Maybe. I. I usually stay and suffer, honestly. Mm. I try to beat them to the punch. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. Like, yeah. yeah, a little cat and mouse. You can't, you can't abandon me. I'll abandon you first. Yeah, right. but right. I will say that, like, that in the last four or five years, it's the the way I've started to understand it is around um, 
the way I've been able to even put words to that is that it's coming out in prayer for me is mm. to basically realize I somewhere fundamentally I'm afraid God is left or is going to mm. leave. Oh my gosh. And so yeah. if it's, if that's yeah. not reconciled or dealt with, and I think I'm understanding that it's not going to be dealt with like in one fell swoop, but it's mm-hmm. going to be a progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but that when I go to that place of prayer, that's beneath the relational drama that I've usually created that beneath there, there's the question of like, God, are you leaving? Like, did you leave? Mm-hmm. And always the answer is no. Yeah. Always the answer is I'm here. Yeah. And so I think as that part heals, it kind of heals from the inside out. And, um, there's great hope in that. And there's also like perpetual, like <laughs> question marks because all the stuff on the surface will continue to, you know, and I think I need that. I mean, as a parent, like with my two kids that are nine and 10, it's like, um, they're starting to push into new independence at this stage. And it's the same thing like you described, Matthew, that that like, I know they will leave. I mean, the idea is for them to leave. That's what I want for them. So how to he, like to address that core abandonment stuff while um, leaning into um, being able to be present with them, but also not to like grasp for that relationship. So it, it plays out on all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. But... So one of the things that people ask me constantly at uh, Enneagram workshops is you'll hear someone will raise their hand and go, I have a four child. I have a child who's a four. I just realized that. And oftentimes they just have tears running down their face because they're like, oh, my gosh, I thought this kid was, you know, from another planet, you know, and I've not known how to relate to them or how to deal with them. And, you know, I just want, if you could, in one or two sentences, because in the interest of time, like, what would you tell a parent like this to do or not to do with a kid who's a four based on your experience growing up? The tendency is to Don, try to... tell them you're Don. I'm Don. Yes. The tendency is to try to micromanage the externals. Um, I think the tendency as a parent with a four is to think... If I fix this circumstance or that circumstance, maybe this howling ache <laughs> this kid seems to be, or drama, right? Mm. Feeling and, and expressing, maybe then that'll go away. Um, case in point, when my dad made me cut my hair when I was, and it was like, ugh, it was, you know, for me, it was like some sort of eradication of identity and, and it became this like major grudge. It was not a helpful step in our relationship I don't, mm. to out of fairness to my dad, I'm not sure that's what he was looking for. <laughs> right. Um, but so I think there's a tendency to major on the minors with fours when you're parenting them. You have to like take a deep breath, recognize that all the feelings that they feel are just feelings. And so what's really happening. Um, and then I think secondarily be there when they're done. That's mm. one of the biggest things that my wife has talked about. I can't. I think it was one of the things you said in the book. Maybe this idea of just they fours have the need sometimes to just rant about all these things. Not rant, maybe rant, but whatever. Express all this stuff, and then the most important thing is just to be there when they're done. You don't have to render an opinion or a judgment. In fact, oftentimes it's they know a lot about what it is they're feeling. It's, they don't need somebody to tease it out for them very often. Sometimes, but the best thing is just be there when they're finished. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. then they're not abandoned. How about you, Matthew? What would you tell a parent of a four? Uh, like, just advice. What, what would you tell? Them? Uh, I mean, that's really good. I, a lot of that is, is stuff I would I would agree with, and um, <clears throat> I think uh, to play on one of those points, though, that you t- I had a similar experience with a haircut mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and um, and I think 
uh, things that would um, almost exaggerate cause one to exaggerate their individualism are the are, are the times when that um, is uh, violated in a certain way. Is that making any sense? Like in other words. It, 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 the things that could probably make an unhealthy or a sort of uh, militant for, you know, mm. in their forness is to sort of not allow what mm. you're talking about in a way of, of individual uh, when, expression. Yeah, yeah. Because at some point it's like, it, it almost galvanizes even more. I've right. got to be, I've got to be this militant individualist. And um, I don't think that's altogether healthy necessarily. I think that's usually in reaction to some kind of suppression or, um, or, uh, lack of allowance of of that space, or not having the space to sort of be to to sort of uh, process this internal life that's going on, and not. Um, I mean, you said it really well. I'm 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 just no, this, playing off that idea though. that that um, t- tending to and understand. I, I, you just said it very well. Like just allowing space for that. Um, it, to process yeah Yeah, something about what you're saying though makes me realize how much of it is the feeling that you're you've been abandoned in that moment right that your true essence right whatever it is that's true about you has been undercut by somebody thinking you're something else and so i think that's the right that's something yeah abandoned or shamed in that like there's some shame around (laughs) that you feel that way or you feel that much or you feel whatever it is like that if we're not assigning um uh yeah, if there's no shame attached to that, um, I think that helps one develop a more healthy um, way of being in mm-hmm. that in in that sort of mm. makeup, you know. Um, so yeah, lack of, of shame in those things and, and holding space for um, things that maybe some don't quite understand or don't really have the don't feel they have the capacity to to. Um, to, to be with maybe even. Mm. Um, but to just, I think that's a great thing. It's mm. just allowing space and being there at the end of it. When yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Great. Sandra, how about you? What would you tell a parent of a four to, to like remember to do with a kid who's a four? Um, I have a real aversion to, if I were the kid, um, <laughs> I'm putting myself in the center of this question. Sorry. Um, but if I were the kid, <clears throat> I have a real aversion to anything that feels superficial or yes rigid. So just rules, just to have rules. I think what I want so much is understanding and mm-hmm. presence. Yeah. So if, if there's something that feels like the parent's response would be like superficial, like just even just real like niceness, mm. I mean, it just makes me oh, yeah. like want to rebel, you know, because I just want, I want connection and I want understanding. And even if I can't have that, I don't want to be fixed. So I think thinking about that with children clearly there's a lot of mess there's going to be a lot of that's like disordered for a while where it's like the um yeah i mean like that idea augustine talking about disordered loves i mean that is definitely still us as adults but how much more as children when they're trying to figure out what are the loves and how do i put them in order (laughs) so just coming alongside in that i think as a parent is like um there's just a lot of space for creative uh presence giving right like Mm -hmm. instead of just rule giving or just 
um, platitudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. Great. Megan, finish up for us. What would you tell? Yeah. Parent, th- and this could also, by the way, go for friends, you know, in general too. Sure. So relationships. So my daughter is Spouses, a four. Yes. Yeah. I have a four daughter and I am a four, which is interesting to kind of, you know, think through. But a big thing that I would say to parents is don't try to manage the feelings. Don't try to, um, intercept them, minimize them, um, spin them, make them more positive than they are, you know, condescend, condescend, um, you know, anything like that, because I think it, it either invalidates and then like you guys were saying, it kind of makes the feelings bigger. It makes the fourness Mm. bigger, or it can drive them underground Mm. because the shame thing kicks in. Mm. And it's just that, you know, I I definitely felt this at times as a child, I'm the oldest of five and my poor parents have your first kid be a four is a lot. Um, (laughs) but to feel like, you know, I'm just too much emotionally, I'm just too much. And so I need to kind of suppress that mm. you know so mm-hmm. i would say those two aspects are important to consider anthony yeah. anthony our, my engineer who's got it for yeah so my youngest is a four uh daughter and i think one of the things that's been really powerful for us as we've been raising her is to let her know that her wiring is a gift to herself yeah and a gift to the world around her in an immediate sense that means she's a gift to us and our family and so I think when you touch higher highs and lower lows, we celebrate that. And I think when she has permission to go there, then you are able to bring back treasure from those places. Mm. You know, you're able to bring back beauty from the highs and from the lows. Mm. Um, And then also, okay, if you're going to go an extra minute or two minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes, then you need to go to your room. If you need to keep emoting or keep exploring what you're feeling, you can't take us all through that journey right now. <laughs> so go because, and do it in your room. Hot dogs that's on the right. grill. Go and, and do it in your room, and then come back when you're ready to join the rest of us. So mm, yeah. that's good. That might take six or seven hours, but that's cool. <laughs> do what you got to do, you know. Well, y'all, um, this has been such a, a rich conversation, and I know because we're fours that we could go on for hours because there's nothing more that we want than to be understood by other people, uh, even though that's a, a fool's errand for us. Uh, it's not going to happen. You know, if you are a four, uh, let me just give you a couple of a sort of growth path suggestions. Um, you know, really the big thing we have to work on is equanimity. How do we let whatever life throws at us not throw us into emotional turmoil. I love how the Buddhists describe this, which is, you know, you are not the waves, you're the ocean. Uh, You are not the clouds, you are the sky. Um, You are not the weather, you are the mountain. And it takes a long, it's taken me a long time to figure that out because, man, I was just whatever I was feeling. That's what I was, you know. Um, I would say uh, another thing that I think fours have to do that isn't really talked about enough is get back into our bodies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are so in our imaginations, so far into our feelings that doing things like yoga, Mm -hmm. oh, so good for us. Um, Massage, uh, I think, is really good for fours. I think running, anything that gets us back grounded feet on the earth i have a body i i am not free floating in this kind of you know pool this slur of of uh, of feelings that are are wandering around i think just being okay with ordinary mm. practicing ordinary 
So I oftentimes tell people, you know, like, you know, you don't have to shop at that Korean market that's 45 minutes away from your house because it's got that particular thing that you need. I'm like, you know, discipline yourself, not even to go to Whole Foods every now and then. Like, go find yourself a Kroger and, you know, buy some stuff. You know what I mean? Buy some stuff there that has stuff that your grandmother wouldn't recognize on the label just as a discipline, you know. And then maybe maybe a last thing is, you know, we're always so focused on what's missing mm-hmm. in other people the moment we walk in a room. Now, unlike th- ones who walk in a room and see what's wrong, we know what's missing. Mm-hmm. And our attention migrates to it so quickly. Now, of course, that can be a gift. You know, any of these things can be gifts if they're if they're redeemed. But but to in the moment to stop and go, okay, yeah, so there's no, you know, if I walk in a room, since I go, I'll say something to myself like, what are these people allergic to color? You know, and I, or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like, I, I notice what's missing and then I go, yeah, but what's present? Yeah. What's here? Like, what's here right now? And then uh, sometimes I just encourage for us to maybe as a, a couple of mantras, you know, or little things, sort of to- totems you can write around the house or whatever, put on a bracelet of somehow or another that reminds you of different disciplines is just that you know remind yourself nothing's missing like actually everything you need to be happy is here right now it's not out there in some distant future that what we need for happiness is here right now so those are some some growth path uh transformational kinds of tips for fours megan thank you Thank you, thank you for bringing your perspective and thank you for having me. Yeah, this has been a blast. how cool! I'm so glad you were here. And and Sandra, to you, thanks for bringing your heart and your spirit and your story to us today. Thank you, Matthew. As always, second time this year, man. Mm-hmm. I like, feel I feel very special. You are very special. You are. <laughs> thank and you Don, for having me. my brother, my Home Depot. Let's talk That's about right. our suicidal fathers oh, yeah. uh, guy. That's uh, nothing friend. better. <laughs> Nothing better than, than being able to, to do that. Well, Anthony Skinner, my producer, my engineer, yeah. another four on the Enneagram. Everybody out there, don't forget my friend Michael Cusick at restoringthesoul.com. Uh, uh, if you want to get a hold of a great therapist to spend a half a day block or go down to Denver, Colorado, spend a week or two weeks with him to do some work on your marriage or on who you are as a person, he is the guy to do it, and I'm not fooling. You you could call Mike at 303-932-9777, 303-932-9777. And if you're a typology listener, you can uh, visit www.restoringthesoul.com forward slash typology to download a PDF of my favorite reading, Five Ways Trauma May Be Derailing Your Relationships. All right, here we go. We're going to sing uh, for the times. They are a-changing because we're a group of fours trying to leave here in a good spirit. Until next week, remember the words of the great Oscar Wilde. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. Here we go. (laughs) Come gather round, people, wherever you roam. And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone 
for the times they are a-changing Come writers and critics, prophesize with your pen And keep your eyes wide, the chance won't come again And don't speak too soon, for the wheel's still in spin there's no telling who that is naming For the loser now be later to win For the times they are a-changing Senators and congressmen, please heed the call Don't stand in the doorway, don't block up the hall For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled There's a battle outside and it's raging It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times they are a-changing Come mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters, they're beyond your command And your old road is rapidly aging So get out of the new one if you can't lend a hand Oh, the times, they are a-changing The line has been drawn, the curse is cast This slow one now will later be fast As the present now will later be past The order and the first one now will be later be last For the times they are a-changing For the times